for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat brought to you for free every single week by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. You can check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media platforms at HS Social Media because of them you can get this show for free every single week wherever you are listening, whether it's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever it is, you're getting it for free because of them uh best way you can support the show because this is a listener supported show supported by people just like you who are listening to this give us a nice little five-star rating if you really like what you're hearing give us a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts. you can leave your twitter name on there and nick and i will gladly send you a tweet and thank you in public for listening to our show because it makes us really really happy when you know when we know that you guys are listening other ways you can support us is by simply sharing the links. We put the tweets out every single Thursday of the new show when it comes out. Tweet the show out. Let your friends know that you are listening and you just started the new episode. Maybe even quote tweet it and tell us something that you liked about it or maybe a a quote from the interview that you enjoyed. Let your friends know that you are listening to Soccer Chat. Also, give a big shout-out. I am struggling talking today. Big shout-out to our homies at Dutick Brand. Check them out, dutickbrand.com, for all your coaching accessory needs. They've got the My Trainer. They've got the XL. They've got the Coaches Package, the Player Package, and even a really nice beanie that I know that you guys will really want to check out. Go check it out, dutickbrand.com. Use the promo code SOCCERCHAT, and go get yourself a nice little discount just for listening to the show. For all of our listeners, use the promo code SOCCERCHAT, dutickbrand.com. And also a big shout out to our friends at Torx. We are Team Torx, and you should be too. And you can by going and visiting them and getting the greatest ball pump of all time. You can have every coaching accessory you want in the world, but if you don't have a Torx, you don't have a true ball pump. This thing is amazing. Check it out on their website. And if you buy one, go leave them a nice little review on Amazon. If you've already gotten one and you don't and you haven't, giving them a review on Amazon, go do that right now. Shout out to Dan and Aaron and all the folks at Torex. We love them. Go check them out. Tell them that soccer chat guy sent you. Enough of all that plugging. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, how has your week been? Good. I finally get to coach again. We're in spring season. Yes. Yes. And how's like, I know you guys have been posting a lot of your players have been doing some big things in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I I figured you would, you would enjoy that. Like we actually, we're actually doing okay. I mean, it's not tweeting the rock, but I mean, it's, I mean, we can't do everything at once, you know, but I mean, you you could, we could, no, it's been good. They're surprisingly more in shape than I thought they were going to be. Oh, I mean, they're not in shape, but they're like less out of shape. Than let's just let's just confirm they're not match fit. We're getting there, but they're <laughs> not like where we want them to be. I have like I have like two that I'm like really happy with. Everyone else, I'm like okay with. <laughs> well, coming from somebody who runs twenty miles a day, like you know, not everybody can be on the Nick Rizzo level. That is very very true. No, but it's it's funny. Honestly, I was joking with them. It's weird right now because like we're writing the sessions and all I've done for the past few months since November is like either run training sessions for clubs or work camps and things like that. And like most of the time when I'm running through the session, like I'm still learning a lot of the kids' names. 
So it's like weird going back to a team where I know everyone's names right away. And I thought I you were going to say you forgot your, you forgot their names too. No, I mean, I should. I mean, there's there's a few of them that I, I, I still, the problem is that like I have two identical twins and I definitely still mess them up. Sometimes. Ooh, brutal. Why yeah, would you do that to yourself? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it is one, like, it's not that I don't know who they are, but I, it, I look really quick and I say a name and it's about, I mean, honestly, I shoot less than 50%, which doesn't make <laughs> sense because at the very worst, that's what I should be shooting. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, okay, you start wearing a pink bow. You wear a blue bow, so I know which one is which. Yeah, no, that would be an ideal. <laughs> uh, so last week was uh, was spring break for myself, so that's why you got the show from Chicago. Uh, some we We still have like – four or five shows from that that we have not released yet um but uh you know great conversations with with amac uh as as well uh you know he was a cool guy to to get to know and uh he he's been on soccer chat a few times on on the the twitter chat every wednesday night at 9 30 just follow the hashtag soccer chat he's been on there uh and he reached out to us before he's like hey like i want to come talk to you guys and I was like, let's talk on the show. Uh, so it was cool to sit down uh, and, and chat with him. Uh, Giovanni, my guy. I love that guy. And I have been texting him uh, since um, we we got introduced to him uh, in Chicago. I just, I love hearing that man's voice. He's oh, just it nice. He would, <laughs> if he started a podcast, he'd put us out of a job, I think. Well, and, and he's he's working on the whole podcasting, and he actually, uh, once we stopped recording, um, the two broadcasting guys, we we were kind of talking about uh, production, and and he was really interested in the podcast game. Um, and you know, he also does, uh, you know, the the movie trailer voiceovers. Uh, and you know, I I was just like, I want you to send me stuff of like soccer chat. Two guys, one show, not enough time to talk. You know, just like something like something stupid like that. Uh, and he was just so cool to talk to. And Giovanni's actually somebody um, we're going to have on a show for a folding show because, um, you know, as, as he explained, like he's got a wealth of knowledge and he's got a ton of life experiences. Uh, and he just had Nick and I just laughing and, and definitely somebody that we want to get on. Uh, and we were actually, we were going to have on a couple weeks ago, but I was sick and, uh, we weren't able to get him on. Um, but also we had our, our big, uh, our big show with the exact crew, uh, and our, and our homies from our text, um, group text. And it was really awesome just getting to, uh, allowing Nick and I to kind of step back and, and be, uh, part of the crew that's, that's getting interviewed, uh, by our, our, our good friend, Chris Gordon, uh, from exact sports, uh, and, just a lot of information given out. And, and while we were trying our hardest to like make it fun and funny and make each other laugh, we were, the topics were very serious and the questions were very serious. And we really want to make sure to give everybody as honest answers uh, as, as we could. So, yeah, you know, I, did you get to check out last week's show? Me? Yeah. 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 All right. No, the other person I'm talking to on here. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just you and I. Yeah, no, that was dumb. That was a dumb question. That's a, <laughs> it was a dumb question on my my part. <laughs> or, well, let me rephrase that. What were some things that you do that you remember from uh, any of those conversations that we had? Um, granted, well, that was like back in January. Yeah, no, uh, like I, I think it was. I think when like from the exact one, I think just talking through what are some of the key elements of 
doing things the way they do in terms of the pitch. It's elevator pitch and things like that where we just kind of like got to see the thought process behind it. It was pretty cool and to see everyone's experiences with it. Um, AMAC was just cool in a lot of ways because I think the club that they're working with and how they're able to have a collective identity as a club despite having uh, multiple different areas and things like that. I thought that was really cool. And Jim, I, I think, I mean, you kind of hit on the nose. I think my favorite part about him was like, I like if we're being brutally honest, I don't remember everything that like, I know now cause I listened to it again, but like if you would ask me before, like I listened to it, what we talked about, I wouldn't have been able to tell you like pinpoint what we talked about. I just remember like, you know, those people that like, after you have a conversation with them, you just feel good. You know, you, you feel yeah. like you had a good conversation and it was fun. And that's all, like, that's the main thing I remember. Like, I was like, after talking to him, I was like, man, that's a guy who's just like, makes you feel good. And I, I, I know that for a fact, I do remember, like, we were smiling and laughing the entire time that we were talking to him. Oh, yeah. No, that is that is for sure. And like, and then like going and looking him up, like with his website, uh, GPS-soccer.com, like, the dude's been out there. He's been he's been doing this for a while. National Academy staff member, like Giovanni, is the man. He oh, is yeah. the man. Oh, he's he's a boss guy for sure. Sorry, sorry to everybody else who has been on our show, but Giovanni is the man. And plus, I mean, his <laughs> name's Giovanni, so like, I mean, yeah, Giovanni, and he's a he's a great Irish kid. <laughs> it was just like that's like his opening line. I'm like, you are hilarious already. I absolutely love it. Um, so this week's show is really cool. Uh, we have, uh, a, a, another good friend that we have met recently, uh, that, uh, I have gotten to work with at uh, some exact camps and got a really cool story. We always love the, I, I know Nick's favorite shows are the unconventional, uh, w- journeys that people take to get where they are at. And you're going to get that in this interview coming up right after this. Coaches, are you looking for a meaningful way to bring your players closer together on and off the field? Do you want a surefire way to give back to the game and serve your community? My name is Sean Danhauser, and I'm a top soccer coach. The Outreach Program for Soccer, or Top Soccer, is a wonderful program that brings student volunteers and coaches together with children with special needs to learn new skills, build valuable socialization skills, enhance physical fitness, and have fun together through the beautiful game of soccer. It's inclusion on an athletic field, and this is where we need help from coaches like you. There is likely a program near you that is in need of coaches and volunteers that are willing to donate some of their time to share their love of the game with others in need. The time commitment is minimal, usually only one hour a week, but the rewards last a lifetime. Please consider getting your team involved in a top soccer program today. To learn more and to find a local program, visit the top soccer pages of either the U.S. Youth Soccer or your local state association's website. Baby 
that I'm a little ever boy I love the thing about going and working camps and getting to know coaches. And the cool thing, probably for me, the coolest thing about this podcast, I don't know how Nick feels, is going to work these camps or going to showcases and meeting new coaches and somehow having this common ground of, oh, yeah, like I've heard the show or I've seen the Twitter chat, things along those lines. And last November, uh, I got to work a camp for two days with our guests uh, on, on this episode and got to know the guy over the span of, uh, 48 hours and just we instantly exchanged business cards, started texting and, and still keep in touch as it is. And I, I'm so excited. We don't have like the power play music to play for the St. Louis blues. Uh, I was going to try to try to pull something along those lines for you. Uh, but we have with us Daniel Chabarier. Uh, I, I butchered that. Chabarier. Right? I actually kind of, I kind of found out I'd been a little bit butchering it my whole life. I was recently in France. Um, oh, I'm leaving this in. Ago. Let's go on about this. And so, <laughs> you kind of, you have this like own version of your, you know, American incised um, pronunciation of the name, and then I got to hear some French people say it, and it was a, <laughs> it was an interesting experience. So anywhere between Charbonnier, Charbonnier, I think I've really heard it all at this point. So what what was the French version that you were told? They they were saying kind of the hard pronunciation in the Charbonnier. Charbonnier. Yeah. I kind of like that. It was it was interesting. I think we've definitely <laughs> um made it a little bit more American friendly through the <laughs> generations yeah. of my family, but they they were all really excited when they saw my last name only to find out that I don't actually speak any <laughs> French. So it was a it was a good letdown for Psych. them right off the bat. Yep. So uh, you are currently at the University of Tulsa, and one of the things about Soccer Chat is to know who you are, the coach. Now we've kind of got to know where you've been and what you've done, and you've got a really awesome story of how you got into coaching from playing. Uh, and if you don't mind, you know, kind of sharing the same story uh, with everybody that you shared with me that first weekend that we met. Sure. So I would say I do have a bit of a unique story compared to a lot of other coaches in the profession. Um Growing up, I was not super involved in soccer at the younger ages, but then as I started to get older, um, I was fortunate enough to really kind of get immersed in it. Um, and then by the end of my high school, I knew I wanted to coach soccer for a living. I was not 100% sure, um, you know, what that was going to look like, whether if it was doing high school, college, professional, whatever level. And so... I ended up deciding um, at the end of high school to make the choice to go and pursue coaching as a major. Um, I felt for me that the level of soccer player I was, any school that I would have been able to go play at would not have been a good overall college experience just in terms of the location, the quality of the academics, the level of the program. So I made the bit of unique decision to pursue coaching and ended up going to a school, the University of Texas at Tyler or UT Tyler, and was more or less a manager my first year there, um, kind of progressed after that to a little bit more of a student assistant coach before getting bumped up to the top assistant there once I'd gotten my undergrad degree. And so a little bit more of a unique um, head start with that and getting to see a different side of it 
whereas most coaches are, you know, playing through the four years, hopefully going on and having the opportunity to play at even a higher level before then cycling back and doing the coaching side of it. What was the, uh, you know, a, a, just that jump going from, well, I'm going to play high school club, but, you know, in, in college, I'm going to focus on the education and and really work on being a, a coach there. You know, how how do you feel like that really helped you progress? Because there are, you know, the those who did the route of playing for four years and then getting into coaching, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, a like you, you described it perfectly, a unique route of get done playing high school and club. All right. I want to be a coach. So I'm going to go to college. I'm going to work on being a coach. What was that transition like? Because a lot of us, it was hard making that transition from playing in college to coaching. You're making that transition very, very early. Mm -hmm. I would say definitely um, the most interesting part of it and was probably the most, you know, educational for the first couple of years was having that balance between being someone that, you know, it was really good friends um, with players on the team, you know, guys that were my age, um, you know, I would see on the weekends guys that ended up, you know, going on to be groomsmen in their weddings, having that balance between that connection with them as people and having the coaching side of it and kind of going back and forth, you know, between the two worlds of seeing it through the head coach's eyes and understanding his perspective and his views on things. And then at the same time, having the balance of how the players, you know, would view things. And of course to them, some of the things are, you know, more unfair or he's being tough. Whereas for him, it's, you know, just holding the standards and setting the expectations of the program. So just kind of being able to see both sides of that and understanding the player's reaction and understanding the coach's mindset was what was most helpful beneficial for me when you you get done with college you you go on into your your first kind of true coaching roles uh not as a student what were uh, some of the places that you were at so i i decided to stay at ut tyler um i'd loved it there and was you know confident we could be a successful program um towards the end of that time we had gone to an elite eight um in the d3 landscape. So I was, was really happy there and I wasn't initially too interested in leaving. Uh, when I finally came about the decision that I wanted to leave, um, I had the mindset that I wanted to go to the division one, not so much from a, you know, thought process that, oh, it's necessarily division one, it's the top level, I need to be there. But what it really interested me um, about Division One at the time and still to this day was the the way the scholarships and recruiting works to where you have you know a certain amount and it really places a premium on your evaluation as a coach, making sure you're identifying the right players, bringing the right guys in so you're not missing uh, with your allotment of the scholarships. Whereas at the D three level, without having the Athletic scholarships, you know, of course, you are always wanting to make the right decisions for who you bring into a program in a university. But if for whatever reason you miss on a guy that you thought was going to be big time, it's not really the same, you know, hit as it would be if you put in a full scholarship, you know, at the Division two or Division one level for a player that doesn't work out. So I wanted to really put myself in that level of accountability and that was my mindset of going Division One. Um, I ended up 
reaching out to just about every single program in the country, um, knowing what it was going to take in terms of most likely going in in a lower capacity as either a volunteer assistant, graduate assistant, something of that nature. And was fortunate enough to have four um, options to choose from and end up choosing University of Tulsa with the mindset that of the four schools, um, Tulsa was an arguably the least attractive city um, to a recruit. You know, some of the other schools had been pretty big cities in the Northeast, some really attractive cities in California. And so from a neutral outsider's perspective, you could say maybe Tulsa is the least attractive to a recruit. It was the most challenging school to get into academically. And it was the most expensive school from a tuition standpoint. But even with all of those factors, it was the program that had the most success and was winning the most conference championships. So I just made the decision of, hey, (laughs) this head coach must know what he's (laughs) talking about and be a good person to learn and grow from. And so with that being the mindset, ended up at University of Tulsa. Now, were you? Did you happen to be at uh, Bishop Gorman while the football Snoop Dogg show was going on? Um, so I coached at Bishop Gorman one of actually I think it was two seasons towards the end of my time in Tyler, but there's none of that stuff that I was aware of now. Because that is that oh that one's in Texas. Yes, East Texas. Oh, was it there, Bishop Gorman? It's in Las Vegas. Oh man, no, I'm not. I'm not that big time at the Las Vegas Snoop Dogg programs. I was like, <laughs> man, there must have been some like scandal I didn't know that was going on. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah, so like, so another one of those schools where there's like four years involved or something. But no, this <laughs> this was a Catholic private school that I'd helped out at one of my last years. And I did some like, high school coaching um, my last years in Texas. And that was my Bishop Gorman experience. I was, I'm, I'm really kind of upset myself now. Because I was really hoping that there was some like, oh, yeah, like I would go to the football games and Snoop Dogg would be there cheering on his son and the TV. Yeah, you were, you were yeah. making me excited about it. I was like, team was connected <laughs> with Snoop Dogg? All right. <laughs> oh, but that's, that's another Bishop Gorman school. Oh, yeah. well. Um, so getting into Tulsa, you know, you, you have a, you've achieved your, your goal of wanting to get into the Division <laughs> One level. Uh, what's that first, uh, first few, few months there like for you, man, it was such a great, incredible experience. Um, it was one of those things that I do feel like I'll remember the rest of my life, just seeing the different level. I think, you know, sports are all really relative to where you're at, what you're used to, the standards that, you know, and that's one of the great, amazing things about sport is you can be at whatever level and it is like so important to you and that is you know like the world cup basically where you're where you're at and so the first week at Tulsa training I honestly felt I mean like the kid in the candy store with just my jaw hanging you know kind of mouth on the floor um really blown away at some of the level of it I remember one specific moment we had a player um named Akil Barrett Jamaican guy that was really, really good attacking player. And we were in like, I want to say it was towards the end of a training session doing larger numbers and someone just absolutely like pings the ball in at him. 
fires it into him, and he's like checking in at full speed, has a guy on his back. The ball's coming in hot, a little bit too high. He jumps, controls the ball with the inside of his foot, and flicks it for like a perfect through ball into a guy running in behind. And just seeing that, I was like, man, like this, <laughs> this is a this is a different mm-hmm. level. And just since then, you know, it was really ingrained and passionate about it. And once you have that fire and you feel that way about it, it's easy to work hard and want to achieve. And especially, you know, it's got to be also, I would guess I wouldn't say challenging, but, you know, in your situation, going from playing in high school and club to going to college to coach and, and not playing at that level, was there any part where maybe when you're hopping in games or, or when you're working where you're kind of like, wow, this is like a higher, higher level than what I've played. Um, mm-hmm. But like, did that, did something like that ever get to you in your time? I would say, yeah, a hundred percent. It could be intimidating at the start. Um, one of the really intimidating points in particular was when I was starting to work with our goalkeepers and we'd had a goalkeeper um, who was really highly recruited coming out of developmental academy soccer, had been a former U.S. youth national team player, and just really beyond anything I'd worked with, to be honest. But I spoke to our head coach about it, and we were able to come up with a pretty cool opportunity for me to just go and observe um, some of the coaches that he had worked with when he was younger. Um, he was a Chivas Academy kid. And so just going and observing some of the sessions to feel more comfortable in terms of knowing, you know, what they would expect developmentally out of a goalkeeper had me feel a lot more comfortable with that transition. And then I think a big part of it was me being open and honest with the players that I, you know, would be able to work with and coach with and let them know that, you know, Hey, I may not be as experienced as some of the other people in the past. Um, but I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to have that open and trusting kind of line of communication with you as a player. And so if there's something, you know, you're feeling good about, if there's something you're feeling not good about, let's talk about it. Let's be honest and, you know, work through it. Cause ultimately we both want the best for the program. You know, we want you to grow and develop as a player and we want to achieve those results. And so I think the first week or so, um, <laughs> it was a little, it was a little nerving, but after that, you just, you start to see that whatever level you work at becomes the new, you know, relative and it becomes the new norm and you start to feel more and more comfortable and you start to continue to seek educational information to grow and develop as a coach. And then you feel comfortable after a while. What was the feeling, uh, you know, after your first four years there, you know, doing the GA thing and then getting the nod that you're getting promoted. It was incredible. Um, to be honest, it was, (laughs) it was one of those kind of in between transition periods where I'd been there for a while, love the city, love the program. Um, I mean, was happy in every aspect. We had one of our assistants who'd been there for 
an extremely long time. Um, I think he'd been with the program for about 10 years and was starting to look into what would be the best route of becoming a head coach. And so when he was finalizing that up and finally accepted an opportunity with another program, you know, I was just wondering what that would look like um, for me personally. And the head coach just walked into the office and was saying, you know, hey, the assistant at the time, Justin, I think he's, you know, going to get this role and accept this job. And if he does, then I would like to, you know, make you assistant. And at that time, I'd been around it, I think, long enough to where I was uh, a little bit better in terms of keeping the poker face. And so my insides were definitely jumping, but I was <laughs> able to, you know, hold it calm on the outside. Um, didn't flip any desks or anything like that, but it was, a, it was a really rewarding feeling at that time. You seem like you'd be a good poker player. Man, <laughs> I, had a, I had a phase, to be honest. So oh, Yeah. I feel like on. everyone did, to be honest. I think, like, oh gosh, not me. Yeah. Not I never got into that. That's, you're, that's smart. you're a little older than us, Sean, I think. Well, I, okay, I, yeah, that... I remember guys like, like, I had friends who watched it on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. And that then I had popular. Yeah. And then I had um, one of my buddies, his roommate, like, that was his job. He stayed at mm-hmm. home and he played online poker all the time. And he would, like, have these crazy bedtimes because he, you know, we'd be all like having dinner or something. He'd be like, "Up, oh, gotta go to bed." He's like, "I got a three a.m. matchup." We're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "I got three a.m. Ma- or I don't even not matchup, but whatever it's called." And he would like go to bed super super early and then wake up at like two o'clock, get ready, play a little uh, playing real quick game, and then three a.m. He's in some tournament for like twenty thousand dollars. Boom, it's doing his thing. Yeah, about oh, the good. He could. never even won any of the big stuff. Oh, really? I yeah. could never um, do it at that le- <laughs> level, but it it was a really popular thing for a while. Like as we were finishing high school and kind of our first few years of undergrad, like that was just one of the things a lot of people did. Um, did you like playing in person or online? Always in person. I mean, we always would, in person. We would do it online some, but to be honest, I'm just too mistrusting of the online. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to mess around with. Yeah, not, not knowing all that. I can, re- I can remember my buddy's roommate. There, we were watching him one night because he, we were, we were all watching the game, and he was playing at the same time, and he was like about to win something major, and then this like crazy, crazy thing happened. And I, 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 this has been so long ago, I can't remember what it was, but I remember what was, was pokerstars.com or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, to where he got into like really heated with the, um, the main people there oh, and yeah. had, I, would... I guess, whatever his argument was, like he had a very, very valid point. Uh, and it finally took like the super, super higher ups to believe him. And they ended up giving him like um, a portion of like something he was supposed to win. Have yeah. you ever seen the movie Runner Runner with Justin Timberlake? It's like all that that whole plot line that you just mentioned, Sean. Is like no, I I haven't seen that one. Ben Affleck. There's there's a few. What's the they had the Harvard card counting guys going to oh, yeah. the weekend uh, for the poker. Twenty one. <laughs> yeah, that makes me think of a, a guy I played with in high school. Uh, he went to college, and his money that he had in order to spend in college, he made from refing soccer tournaments all summer long and in the fall and in the uh, springtime and then uh, playing poker. And for whatever reason, nobody asked him, but he was a math major and he could count cards like nobody's business. 
there you go. I was I was the opposite route. I was a psychology major, and you tried getting people lose track minds. of the numbers, but yeah, just just play <laughs> play people and read people. That's why he's going to be a great head coach. He's just going to read the room every single time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I what some of the questions I had was what was it like? Um, like I want to rewind it a little bit to the UT Tyler days. Sure. What was your first practice like with them going into? again, going straight into the coaching realm. Like, was that, like, did you ever feel, like, I, I don't think I knew I wanted to coach until I started coaching, but you kind of knew you wanted to coach before you started coaching. And so I knew that, that you like? would like this because Nick is always fascinated by people who knew that they wanted to coach at, like, a really early age. Yeah, no, it, it, like, I don't, I, I definitely, like, I don't know what I wanted to do, but I definitely I didn't still don't know, know what I want to do. Coach. Right. It was, it was a really, um, interesting experience and to be honest i think the coach we had the head coach and a full-time assistant at the time there that did a really good job of just kind of <laughs> letting me do my own thing to be honest it's not a role they had ever had before i'd contacted them and almost more or less put myself there and recruited myself um to go there and so without having any real set expectations on the role. I was probably, to be honest, pretty useless in the first <laughs> month or two, um, you know, just kind of helping out where I could in terms of setting up cones, putting out bibs, washing the bibs. I think I even had some struggles with uh, setting out the cones because I'm partially colorblind. So I had a few cone issues in my earlier days, but really just trying to be around it, um, immerse myself in it learn from what they were doing and then slowly, 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 once they were starting to get a little bit more confidence and trust in me, um, they would start to, you know, say, well, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And then growing in that. And then finally, after a couple of seasons of that started to eventually get my own ideas and just more desire to, you know, want to do things on my own. But I would say, there's there's definitely a period, probably the first month or two, that I was <laughs> pretty useless yeah. for the program at that point. Well, Coach Jones has been there a while too. Like outside of him, what were some of the things that you did like by yourself to like learn more about like what it's like to be coaching at that level? Right, man. Just I would say probably six to seven days a week the entire year. I was doing some sort of soccer influence in my life, um, whether if it was. Going to coaching courses, I paid for um, and also was fortunate enough to have my parents help me pay for some courses way back in the day. I was lucky enough to where I even had the mindset of, well, hey, let me do some goalkeeper coaching courses as well. That just might add you know, value to me and be more marketable from having that side of it too. I was always watching games. I was huge on whether it's Champions League, Premier League, always trying to watch games, um, any sort of like soccer movies. I mean, even if it was playing FIFA, going and playing pickup, you know, whatever I could do, coaching a U12 rec team that I had no clue what I was doing, you know, anything that I could do to get around it, um, I was definitely trying to do and just slowly 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 stuff started to stick and started to grow from there 
when did you feel like he started to finally like trust you to let you do stuff on your own? Was it like, <laughs> man, that I'd say poof, probably the week before I left, <laughs> it, it was a super long time. He's for anyone who played for him or knows him. He's like a very, very, um, I would say in a good way, like strict, very high standards, very demanding head coach and program. And so there were so many moments that, you know, I would, mess up on stuff and he would like call me out in front of the team and I would just get like so humiliated and so frustrated. But as a result of that, I so, you know, talking about knowing you want to coach before you actually are into it. I, I, I had the idea I wanted to coach, but I didn't know by any means like what that would entail and how much detail and how much work that actually involved. So it's something I thought I wanted to do, but didn't really understand it. And I don't think that I ever would have gotten close to that standard of where, you know, I needed to be from a motivational and from a detail oriented standpoint without, you know, getting called out for those mistakes and being held to that standard. So I probably honestly didn't feel and some of it. I think I hold myself to pretty high standards a lot um, in terms of my own performance. And so I probably didn't feel comfortable and fully trusted until my last year there, I would say. No, that's, and that definitely makes, have you ever seen the movie Whiplash? Mm. It's like a, it's a movie about a, like a, a, like a band conductor and a musician. Oh, is it? I think I actually might've seen a video clip of it. Is Did, it where? You watch, like, the what drives winning stuff? Say that again. Do you watch like the what drives winning stuff at all? I don't know. Okay, they 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 clipped it, so I would have been my only guess. But like, is it is it the clip where he's playing the drums? Yes, and he just keeps like, no, you're off. No, you're off. No, you're off. Yep, that's one hundred percent. So like, that's like what you kind of described is like there's a there's a great scene where they're actually finally sitting at a bar at one point and the the conductor is talking to the drummer and he's like, the two worst words in the English language are good job. And, and so I, I think it's, it's it, like, and again, I don't know your coach at all, but it's, it seemed like he knew how to push you in the right way where it's like you, like he knew that he could say that to you and it wasn't going to discourage you. It was going to be like, no, I'm going to prove him. I, I prove myself. <laughs> Man, it, it discouraged me so much. <laughs> I, I definitely, um, but it's just one of those things, like it's what you want to do. And I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to just quit and give up, you know, right when you're getting into it. So it sucked. I'll be honest. I, I hated it. And, one of my best friends was really, really funny guy who was really good at um, <laughs> reminding me and embarrassing me even more, you know, when I'd get called out for the stuff, but you just got to roll with it, to be honest. And it's one of those things that it's not going to be enjoyable going through a lot of times, but it definitely makes you stronger and you honestly appreciate it once you're done with it. And I felt a hundred percent that way that, you know, as I left there, I felt like I never would have been as prepared um, had that not been the case. So I was really grateful for that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I actually have one of my uh, former players as his assistant right now. Nice. Yep. So definitely know that, but like transitioning to Tulsa, like Sean already did a little bit, like when you like first gathered, we talked a little bit about your first experience uh, with the goalkeepers and the one that you talked about that had time with the U S national team and things like that, where like, when did you start feeling comfortable with them? Like, was it a moment or was it just the consistency of doing it day in and day out and just getting a rhythm and feeling better about it every day? 
I think I would say after the first full year of having worked with them is when I felt comfortable. I think there was enough time having gone through sessions of seeing, okay, I know this session is a good session. I know this session is a crappy session. Um, I know just my vision is getting better in terms of things I'm able to see as a coach, the speed I'm able to process and see things as a coach. And I think at that point, you know, after going through that first year, after having one-on-one conversations with the player, I felt good to go from that point. I think it's definitely a little bit too of one of those things when you're young, you think (laughs) you still kind of have it all figured out. So I'd say the, the correct answer probably should have been three or four years after I'd been working with them. Um, then I really, I think was in a better spot of having it figured out, but after the first year, I was feeling pretty comfortable. Good. No, and that, that definitely makes sense. I think it comes differently for everyone. I don't, I actually, I, I like, I asked that question and I don't even know if I could answer it myself. Um, like when I started feeling comfortable in my own job, maybe I'm not even there yet. If we're, I was going to say, are you even comfortable now? No, I'm, I'm more comfortable right now than I normally am this time of year. Recruiting went a little bit better than it normally does. But no, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm super comfortable right now. But I don't know why I didn't bring this up in the beginning. By the way, Dan, um, have you ever Googled your name misspelling it with a A instead of an E in the first part of it? <laughs> I've not. Um, so just uh, knowing how to spell the correct name, <laughs> I've never had that. So this is t- this is totally my fault. When Sean texted it to me, he spelled your name C H A E E R or A R B O N N I E R. And so I Googled it and I, to be honest, auto, we correct got me. And, uh, I, I sent it the first, if you look at the, you're a felon in with, oh, yeah. there we go as an A instead of an E, like <laughs> you robbed. I gotta, I've got to, I've got to, hold on. I've got to get the actual wording of what Nick said to me. And I, okay. I just found my phone because when I sent that to Nick, he was, he said something that was like absolutely hilarious. I was like, okay, we got to talk about this. <laughs> um, and he was, he's like, oh yeah. Well, you know, who, what's Daniel's last name? I said to him, and he was like, "Ha, perfect." If you Google the way uh, you sent this, this is what it comes up, and he sends me the screenshot. Daniel Shabanye of Ron Concoma accused in Lake Ron Concoma battery and murder. Uh, <laughs> cop man charged in Bloomingdale's robbery assault on security guard Daniel Shabanye uh, arrested after an incident at the mall was taken to hospital for evaluation man attacked security while trying to rob store in Garden City so uh, Daniel Shabanye yeah talk about a letdown now that uh, that's not the case you would talk about a unique coaching path having having someone that was groomed in the prison coaching guards would be a much more interesting story I was, just, I was just I'm like Sean. Where are we going with the show? Like, what <laughs> are we and all I could respond back with was "Yes, <laughs> great talking point." Pitch it to Adam Sandler. Let's go. The yard, <laughs> the yard soccer Football, coaching the version. Yard. Yep. <laughs> Do you know there actually is a um, soccer version of that movie? No way. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sylvester Sloan, right? Uh, I don't think it's Sylvester Sloan, but I know there's like a. Hispanic movie. There's a foreign movie that's the lo- the longest yard, except it's soccer. That is awesome. I the fact it. that it's like in a different language would just encourage me more. And it's it. actually, um, have you it. seen any of the Green Street Hooligans movies? I have. Yep. 
Okay, so I always tell people never watch the second one or the third yeah, one. Yeah, how it progresses to the <laughs> to the prison. Yeah. But yeah. that now that talking about it, like that makes me think of the third one, uh, with the with the, the prison. But the first one, what a great movie that is. And I don't think I think it's very highly underappreciated. Really? I feel like it's regarded as like one of the soccer films. Yeah, it's like, for a cult classic. Like everyone but like, like there's people, there's soccer people I talk to that don't even know what it is. Well then there's really yeah yeah my like, like the sons of anarchy dudes on there and um not harry potter but uh one of them cats elijah wood he's he's on mm, there lord of the rings yeah lord of the there. rings yeah that's yeah. right that's right Char- charlie hunnam the, the, uh, the yeah the pete guy, like he's blown up like he's in a lot of movies now pete man i like i think of that movie all the time and it's like part of the reason why i'm scared to ever go to england like i'm also, not a journo love- or anything but like I love movies or soccer culture that like hits on the non-primary teams. Like that yeah. is so yes. cool as an American to see. That's why I loved the Sunderland documentary. Yeah, I've yet to see that, but everybody's like raving about it. Well, it's I mean it's it's interesting. I was talking with someone about this the other day, how much individual towns economies are factored in by whether they're in the championship or in the premier league. And it's so mm. it, these people are literally fighting for a lot of people. And it's crazy. I just love having any sort of it. Like every exposure is an American soccer fan growing up is you see like your man United, man city, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona. You're only seeing insight and information on like the most elite clubs and organizations in the world and so just having that like info and insight into teams that hey maybe it's not successful hey maybe it's you know not as popular is just so great to see and so informative i just remember like after watching green street hooligans for the first time being like i'm never rooting against west ham ever Mm. no they're gonna and 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 to this day like i don't like it even if they're playing chess i'm just like let's get a draw (laughs) <laughs> like, I, just, like I, I will never root against them and i find myself singing uh the bubble song too the bubble song yep great. speaking of speaking of chelsea bad run results yeah it happens are you, are you not in the sorry camp how do you feel you know i i'm always a person like i'll give you your your chance and your opportunity but i feel like the dude especially coming out recently and being like there is no plan B. There is no plan C. I have my plan and I'm going to do my plan until we get it right. Mm-hmm. And at what, and then that, that really turned, that finally kind of like turned the page for me of like, all right, like whatever on this guy. Like at some point, you have to understand part or plan A is not working. And even if it's, even if you're, I'm going to keep driving home until we get it right. Cause like even the, the game against the, the game against Everton. Like the first half, like they did, they did all right. And like, they looked really good. They just missed some opportunities to score, but then it was like complete cluster in the second half. And so you see like these moments where like, okay, like sorry ball, like it it could work, but then it's like, I think everybody's figured sorry ball out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Which is such an interesting concept to me because he was so successful with it in Syria. And I mean, just from like, <laughs> you don't want to oversimplify it, but you know, what's to say the coaches couldn't figure it out there yeah. or are figuring it out in England. And it's just interesting to think about. Well, I just, I feel like I always tell people, I, 
I don't, it doesn't matter what the coach is in England. I just, the game is so different in England that I do think that there's an adjustment period. And I think it goes back to, I was, I've, I've, I've was a Conte fan. I was never kind mm-hmm. of like happy that they let him go, but I think it really, I think a lot of people now are appreciating him a lot more than what they did. Cause I know a lot of like people I follow on Twitter who were very, very anti Conte have all recently been like, man, like, how good of a coach was he? Because if this is the group, this is the group that he had and he still produced and like won, and he changed the tactics and he changed the system to whatever was the group that he had, you know, like, wow, like what was our problem? You know, it really wasn't the the coach. So I don't know. I just, that's exactly saying that reminded me of like, that is my compliment for Alex Ferguson in winning the league that last year that he did with that group that just after that they had so much trouble having that success yeah. since he left. It's always interesting to see how different coaches can succeed or fail. Well, I think too, group. like Chelsea's other big problem. I, I, I think I've stated this very many times on here is that you can, you know, what's going to happen every time they win, whether it's the league or uh, one of the tournaments, because their board just has it in their mind of, okay, well, this group won a trophy. They're good enough to win it next year. Well, when they're having that mindset, everybody else is upgrading their entire squad and Chelsea's not really bringing anybody in. And it's like, they get upset because they are getting run roughshod over everybody or getting run roughshod over. And it's like, well, yeah, because everybody else upgraded and you didn't do anything like, okay. Yeah. Ross Barkley, whatever. (laughs) But you know, like, and, and you know, they, what really hurts them is not having a technical technical director or a director of football. That's really, really hurting them in my opinion, because you can have somebody who's, who's got the coaching or playing experience who can listen to sorry. And he's saying, this is how I wanted to play. And then that person can look for these players and bring those type of players in. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I've learned with this with that club never to make predictions because you really never know what's going to happen. I can't believe – I feel like Sarri's going to be in it for the long haul for the season because they've kept him this long. Uh, in years past, he would have been gone before Christmas. Um, but I do, I do like the rumor of – I guess Steve Holland has approached England and said that he was asked if he could do some caretaking uh, for Chelsea uh, – in the end part of the year or beginning of next year. And they said it was okay. So I don't know. It's, I mean, what they, they have nothing to win <laughs> other than the Europa league, but it's like Hazard's leaving. The only thing that Chelsea fans we can hope on is we've got the wonder kid coming next year and it's going to be awesome. We're so we're next year. We're not going to score a lot of goals. We're not going to win a lot of games, but we're going to sell a lot of jerseys in the United States. <laughs> yeah. What more could you want? That's a, hey, Making money and somebody, oh, I don't know if it was Nick's told me or, or sent to me. Somebody said to me one day about like the money that Chelsea has made just off of like the players that they've sold, like the youth players, and like how they mm. like here's all this money they could be using to get like big time players, and they're not. But, um, I don't, I don't know. It's, I, I'll be honest, I bet I've watched five full games this season. Just because I, I every time they've got a game, I'm busy with what either my own soccer game yeah. or or something's going on. Uh, I got to watch the game two weeks ago, uh, the Europa League game, or, or last week because I was at home because Duke was sick, so I got to watch that full game. But like the last, 
I feel like the last four weeks they've played on Sundays and it's always during church. And so I always send a Snapchat of my pastor uh, doing his sermon and with the caption something about, Lord, please help Chelsea because we need it. Um, <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Hey, uh... So, you know, um, I, I, I guess we'll go on story time a little bit. Uh, you know, I got to meet Daniel, as I said, in... Uh, about Thanksgiving of uh, of last year, we worked a camp in St. Louis, and we had so much fun. Uh, I got to know him just a little bit on the first day. Uh, we we had a boys camp the first day, and then where I really got to know Daniel was we went to a hockey game that night. Was it your first hockey game too, or had you been to so one? It was, it was my first NHL hockey game, Okay, I will say. I had been to one, I don't know the term for like, we have a minor league hockey team in Tulsa. But okay. you cannot describe the difference between <laughs> the two hockey games. Just in cheaper concessions, I bet. Oh my gosh, cheaper concessions! I was sitting. I guess you would call it rinkside. Rinkside. Um, I yeah, was just I got like, the, what I got the rinkside. Which man, talk about a, a bucket list achievement would be just going to any professional sporting game and having those like courtside, floorside, rinkside, pitchside seats. Yeah. It's so much cooler of an environment, just really being able to see like the emotion on those players, hear the conversations they're having. So that's not like quite, my not quite Achilles the same, deal. Not quite the same view from the <laughs> from the St. Louis game, but it was a really cool experience all the same. That's a you just like spoke to my Achilles heel. I'm a person like I need to be as close as I can, like because I want that like inside stuff that you don't. Here yeah. on TV, or you see on TV, and like you can, where you know, on TV, they focus the camera on one specific player, but you can watch another player in a different role and like mm-hmm. really see what they're doing. And that's a that's that's a big thing for me. My wife hates it because it means our tickets normally cost more, but um, <laughs> but but we uh, we got a really hard thing to explain, and so <laughs> it is, it is, but you know, I you know, thankfully, she understands me, she gets it, and it's like, all right, whatever. Um, uh, to where I think now, like that's kind of passed on to her because she like watch she likes watching. I, I can like for basketball games if we happen to go to a game where LeBron's playing, she always makes the comment. I love this so much because I can watch someone other than LeBron play. Yeah, and it's like that's a very good statement. Um, but we got to uh, we got to partake in the power play uh, dance that St. Louis does. We also saw a crap ton of goals scored. By the All same the team, oh uh, yeah, like, what? In it, in NHL record level of goals. <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, the, the final score was eight to two. No, it was higher than that. No, it was it was like eight to five. And I think okay, it yeah, just, yeah. It, oh, yeah, it honestly it was like, felt it felt like a youth rec game where they just quick <laughs> they stop keeping score because the there's been too many goals. All I know is like. I there was at some point exact Chris Gore just looked at us and was like, Are you not entertained? And I was yeah. like, This is incredible. Uh there was only <laughs> one fight, uh, and I got all that on video. Um, but I feel like the people around us may have not been too happy because they were like, Oh my god, here's people who don't know anything about this. But I Very love the clearly fact- <laughs> don't know anything. Yeah, <laughs> yes, like, unabashed, don't know anything about this. <laughs> including the guy in a trucker hat snapchatting the game going i just saw my first goal (laughs) um but i the thing i that caught my attention was uh bianca uh kyle who's been on the show good friend of ours and you and i were talking out about hockey from a soccer coach's perspective when it came to tactics because i remember there was i don't remember the time period of the game but i remember saying like 
I just don't understand the tactics of it. Like, yeah, it seems like it's similar to soccer, but I, for whatever reason, I can't judge this tactically because I'd be, I forget the statement I made. And you were like, yeah, I'd be sending everybody forward. Like somebody just try to chuck the puck up and, and I like that term. Chuck the puck up. Chuck the puck. Uh, Chuck the tongue. It does. Um, So we started trying to apply soccer tactics to the game of hockey and it just made for laughter uh, to where, like I said, I think the people around us were, were none too happy about that. Um, but then the next day we, we get, we did the girls camp together and I got lucky that, um, three of my, uh, partners that were supposed to be with me, none of them showed up. Uh, so Daniel just happened to be there and was kind of a floaty guy and he got to hop over in, uh, in, in my station with me. And it was just, we worked really well together. We had a lot of fun. I think the kids had a lot of fun as well. Um, and from that moment on, it was like, all right, this dude's a cat. He's a good brother. We're getting him in the group. And like, I don't know. It's just like, we, we've made a big connection. And now I hope that the, the world and the soccer chat community makes a connection with you as well, because now like you've, you've even been getting on the, uh, the Twitter chat with us the last couple of weeks. I've been really proud of you. That's right. Yep. Dabbling out. What, what's been your thoughts on that so far? I think so. It's it's a really cool experience to be able to have conversations with coaches you may not normally get integrated with and have that experience and just questions that maybe you wouldn't have even thought. And it's been a weird experience for me because so much of my coaching background has been in those roles of, you know, you just feel like, hey, maybe I'm not quite yet at this stand you know coming into a coaching program at UT Tyler where you had no previous experience coming into a nationally ranked division one program at University of Tulsa when you had no D1 experience like hey I just need to learn from other people and I need to you know not experience and growth and knowledge and now trying to kind of transition from that mindset into like, look, even though I don't have it all figured out, like maybe I can say something that helps with another coach. And that's the one question that the Louisiana college women's coach had. I just Shout loved it. Because I was like, yeah, I was like, man, that's, that's something that's, you know, weighed on my mind before with that particular topic. And like, what a cool, unique experience that you get through Twitter in that Avenue tour. Like, when is a division one men's coach going to have the opportunity to talk to a division three women's coach, not the ones better by any means, but just that those paths don't cross and having that experience to then bounce ideas off each other. And we ended up even talking a little bit more about the topic um, after the soccer chat was over. And so I think it's a really cool experience for that. Now I'm trying to kind of grow and mature and find that balance of not coming off or seeming like, Hey, I know all the answers. Let me, let me throw my two cents in for every question. But, you know, just being able to still learn from other people and feel like if, Hey, there's something that, you know, maybe I don't have the perfect answer, but here's my honest and personal opinion on it. Then hopefully that can help someone else out in the coaching world. Well, that's like yeah. I always say, like soccer chat is the planet fitness of, professional development for coaches because <laughs> oh, man. don't say that because then i'll have to quit going <laughs> <I'll never laughs> oh big brother pump over here i forgot big big lifty guy 
Um, and, uh, but like, no, I'm saying I'm the opposite. I don't work out at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've seen me. No workout. I've had a Planet Fitness membership, and I've never even walked in one before. And I've had that for about two and a half years now. Um, but the, the like you said, like sometimes, especially if it's like your first time, because I, I still have that. To this day, I still have the issue where like, I'll say something. I'm like, oh, man, like, am, am I pushing too much? Am I like forcing too much of my own um, thing upon the uh, um, the person who asked the question or, or whatever it was that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm responding to? But I, and I, Nick always does a really good job of explaining, explain it to people, but it's just a place where you can let your ideas and your opinions and philosophies just like blossom because what your opinion may be, or your philosophy may be, or your idea, you answer one question, you answer that question, but then you're going to see someone else's, which is then going to make your ideas get even bigger and your opinion get even bigger. Cause you're going to add all these pieces that you may not know. Uh, and in turn, you know, make your knowledge of that topic, uh, 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 bigger on a grander scale. Like can you, like you mentioned too, you know, how often other than maybe if there's a, a connection before, you know, how often do D one coaches and D three coaches communicate? How often do D two coaches and NAI coaches communicate? How often do D one coaches and, and high school coaches communicate or even, uh, you know, U 10 uh, travel coaches and D two coach. Like there's not that, you know, unless you're in that area and like you go to a clinic or, you know, at a local uh, soccer thing, you know, th- that communication doesn't happen too often. And it's pretty cool that, uh, that, that you, you, you enjoy doing it. Yeah. I, I was going to say too, with like, I, cause I went from coaching on the men's side to the women's side. And it's funny, like I have guys, friends that like, don't even realize I'm still coaching. Cause like, you don't have like hardly any crossover. You tell me who they are. I'm going right. I'm going right <laughs> You can, you can, you can, you can DM them to me and I'll, I'll get after them. Yeah, no, but like with, with you, like, like kind of as we're getting towards like the last few minutes, like what are some of the things that you're really passionate about Dan? about like in in terms of the game and the growth of it? I would say, so in terms of game and the growth, I think for me, one thing I'm huge on and one reason I legitimately love um, college soccer is a coaching avenue is you have that ability to grow the player in all aspects of life. Um, so not just from the soccer standpoint, not just from the athlete standpoint, but being able to put across, you know, your personal belief um, that, you know, Hey, it's okay to succeed in soccer and achieve on the field. But then at the same time, like you need to be achieving in the classroom. You need to be, you know, killing it in all these other areas and, you know, doing the community service, you know, making the grades, being a good teammate and so many things that can be a part of the program and be part of their student athlete experience in addition to just the results and performance. And I feel like that for me is huge. And that's something that I'm always extremely interested to learn from so many of the college coaches do a great job of that. So I think that's a a really big one for me. And I think it's not just in terms of this, oh, we all need to be, you know, great people and we need to be, you know, something more. But for me, it honestly does have a correlation and translation into better performance. And so for me, that's, you know, why I like to see that. And I think it's one of those things that 
it can be a struggle, but once they get on board with that, then it starts really being an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Like with um, that, and that's a, that's a great answer. Um, what are some of the things that like are your personal goals going forward about um, like it just like soccer in general? Win a national championship. Easy. That's a great goal. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, that's, yeah, that's always the, the no hesitation, honest, true answer in terms of doing that. Um, I would love to do that, you know, with University of Tulsa and, you know, reach those tights with that program. Um, that's been, you know, a goal of ours in the last few, you know, seasons that I've been there. I think, you know, transitioning beyond that, then it would just be in taking my own team, um, having my own program that I'm able to get across my own ideas, style of play. Another thing that I really love about college soccer compared to some of the other areas of soccer is it's a hundred percent on you in terms of what players, you know, you're getting there. So being able to have those pieces that I bring in, um, you know, mentioning like the, the Chelsea with the technical director and sorry ball and all that, you know, there's, there's other coaching gigs that, you know, you don't have that freedom and flexibility to always necessarily bring in your players and always do it your style. And so I just, I love that about college soccer that at the end of the day, the accountability is on you as a coach. And so whether if it's, you know, successful, unsuccessful, ultimately that's on you. And so I think the next goal for me is, you know, moving on, um, to put myself in a position to become a head coach at a successful program. That, yeah, that's awesome. And then with like with you, like I think just from my experience and just talking with you at night and stuff, it seems like it, it's, I we've had over the past month or so, I like when you said your story wasn't like a, a typical type story, it's been pretty cool for us because some of the coaches that are doing the best that we've had on have been, including yourself, have been people that haven't had that conventional route. And I think that for a lot of the people that come on our chats, that talk to us, that we got to meet at convention and things like that, that get discouraged when they're like, well, I didn't have a great playing background or I didn't have a great coaching like situation growing up. Like it's, it, it's really cool with stories like yours that they get to see something like that where it's, it, they're like, man, like that, that's, that's me, you know, like that I could be that person. And it's, it's pretty cool that you're going through it right now. Well, definitely appreciate that. Um, I will say, I mean, it can for sure be intimidating for a pretty long time. Um, just in that, like, I mean, if you're coaching, you know, with or against a guy that was, you know, playing in the MLS, doing this, doing that with their playing career, like, yeah, that's, you know, a different level. And, I used to honestly for a really, really, really long time not want anyone to know my background just because I didn't want to have it negatively judged against me in terms of, you know, hey, that's, well, this guy didn't play at this level. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He didn't experience it and go through it because I think that is certainly a, you know, a possible critique that a lot of coaches, athletic directors can have. So for a long time, I was really pretty big on not letting anybody know that. But I think in any avenue of life, I mean, you can't really always change your background. So you just got to be cool with it, got to be willing to work hard and then happy where you're at. And I think 
finally kind of coming across to that mindset over the last year or so um, has made me be more open to sharing that experience. And hey, if it helps another coach, then, you know, just understand, like, you might have to work harder and you might have to immerse yourself more, but it's possible. Well, I can tell you, this is going to be a new segment for the show where we just put the guest over as much as possible. Um, But, you know, banking off of what you just said, um, there was one of our shows that we did in November, or maybe it was early December, and I had talked about I had been like rejuvenated and like I was like really high on my spirits and just like really motivated uh, going forward in my career and whatnot. And a lot of it actually stems from my interaction with you um, from that Sunday camp that we did with the girls. And um, we were all just kind of like uh, hanging around during a little break. And uh, you had the uh, you had made the comment about um, I think. You know, Coach Arnold could have just got 18 commits right now if he would ask for him. And like that really made me kind of like think like, wow, like real like that's pretty cool. That that uh you know, that you read these players and uh you know, just kind of judged the situation it was just like, oh my gosh, like you, you were killing it, you're on fire, you've got 18 players ready to go right now. And so like that really my time with you really rejuvenated me. And then we were at the hockey game talking about like what our career goals were. And I was like, oh, mine are stupid. And you're like, no, man, just go do it. Just go, like, try. Um, and that really, like, uplifted me. So, like, a lot of my, like, 2019 motivation has stemmed from you. And I feel awesome now that, like, on this big platform, I can thank you for that. Man, that's big time. That's also really kind of funny because I can – echo that in a way and this is why it's like so important for me for coaches. we're all just going to put each other over yeah. this is amazing getting a little cry circle but um <laughs> like put yourself around other people who are like optimistic in coaching for me is so big yeah as i remember for that same camp i was in like a pretty crappy mood to be honest it was either the saturday or sunday like the weather was miserable i just knocked out like a pretty tough travel in getting there. Um, we were on like the end of a really poor season for our standard. So it was just like not enjoying it. And then like 30 seconds into the first session that I've been working with you, it was just like, so like, boom, optimistic, upbeat. And I remember like in my head and like no disrespect for this, all, I was like, this is not the best like tactical technical drill I've ever seen, but I was it like, was I'm, just a warm up. Yeah, I was like <laughs> I've never seen players more like engaged and more like bought in and more just all about it. And that was like completely from just like the delivery, the mentality, and it was such a good like um, just like holding you to the standard kind of moment where you're like, man, like that's it. Like you got to bring. It doesn't matter, you know, what level it is what the session is, you know, if it's a warm up in a camp on like a random Sunday with crappy weather, like you just gotta, you gotta bring it. And so for me, that was really big too. So I appreciate that. I'm going to go back and reevaluate my warm up If I have Daniel as a partner again, <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. That I just like gave that legitimate compliment and you did. That's such a coaching thing to like pick out the one, like very, very backhanded <laughs> negative bit and be like, oh, I got to, I got to grow and I got to improve. <laughs> that is such a coaching thing. But, well, the problem is like, that's what I like my, anytime I have a warm up, like that's one of my go-tos. Cause it just kind of like 
get lets the kids get going, lets them get moving, and you know, lets me get excited and, and whatnot. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna reevaluate that. that. I was I was fresh off of watching the Man City documentary and had the the Pep whiteboard stuff still fresh in my head with all the stuff he goes. Oh. Okay, I'll I'll give you that then. Um, you know, one of the cool thing about soccer chat, and you just got to start experiencing this on on Twitter, is it just it allows all these coaches to network and just get connected and get to know each other. Uh, if somebody's listening to this right now and they want to get connected with you, maybe it's somebody who who's going to go through the coaching. Uh, their career through a new a unique path much like yours or maybe they want to know more of, of how you got to uh to where you're at how can they contact you whether it's via on twitter or email say um twitter and email definitely both work my twitter is not something i'm great at i'm trying to you are getting better at it. i'll give you that yeah slowly starting to get i was one of those people that was so against it for so long but i finally got it within this last year my Twitter is. I feel like that's something that we talked about at the hockey game. Yeah, you, you opened my eyes on that one. I'll give you. I'll give you credit for that. Well, I, I, Twitter, I, I, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. My Twitter, if you want to reach out um, through that, is D is in Daniel, and then the last name spelled out C H E R B O N N I E R. Not to be confused with the murderous murderous equivalent. concerned with with an A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're welcome to uh, you know reach out over that, or if anyone wants to email, my email is just Daniel Dash last name same spelling C H E R B O N E R Tulsa dot edu. Well, awesome, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome talking to you. And I uh, want to wish you and your team the best of luck going on uh, this spring and into the fall. And hopefully some point somewhere, uh, whether it's this spring or summer, you and I are going to run into each other again. And we'll have to do this. Uh, we'll do it again. Do it. I'm pumped. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. I think you hit it on the nose at the end of the intro when we when you talked about like how I do like the unconventional stories because I like we've had I feel like recently especially we have people that are doing big incredible things that don't have the story that you would think they would have like played at the highest level like or knew this person and things like that like we, especially with Daniel like you're like he took a route that so many people could take, but he's just crushing it. Yeah. And, and he's somebody that is, is just going to go on and do some massive things. And, and like I said, like if you can get in touch with Daniel, do it. He's without trying to inspire you inspires you. And I was actually just talking to, uh, to Clifton Bush today, actually and big shout out to Clifton. Uh, we didn't mention this in the intro, but uh, he's, you know, soccer chat alum on the show a few times, just was named the head women's coach at the University of North Carolina, Asheville. Uh, so big shout out to Clifton. But he and I were having a phone conversation today and we were actually, we were talking about Daniel and we were talking about like people who inspire you as a coach without really trying to inspire you. And Daniel was one of those guys. I can remember, um, you know, we were at a hockey game and we're talking about like what we love about coaching and like our dream job. And then just like 
10 minutes later after we got to talk about it, he just turns around and he's like, yo, you should call this, this place up and like, tell him that you want to work there. And I was just like, who does that? Like, you just can't do that. But then it was like, well, maybe I should, you know? And like, he just like got me so fired up. Like they always say like things happen in life for a reason and you meet people for a reason and they tell you things for a reason. And like, when I met Daniel, I was kind of in this like down point in my coaching career of like, I don't know what the next move is. And and I'm afraid that the next move is not the move I really want. And, you know, is there a possibility that the move is out of coaching? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know where I'm heading and just that, that weekend I got to be with him. I was like, man, like I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. And he didn't, and I didn't even know the guy. And so just what a cool person to be around and, and get inspired by. He doesn't look at you go, I'm going to inspire you today. He just, he just does inspire yeah, you. No. And then I think, again, just talking to him, you, you can tell why he does really well with both players and with other coaches. He just kind of has that, that sense about him that you just, he has a trusting, voice the way he says things it's just you, you can tell that he's a person that inspires just other people to want to be around him more the um I, I it looks like he could be an actor too like good looking dude you look at him you're like this guy yeah he's got the the perfect hair slicked back to the side like really good presence about himself like just an overall dude that is going to be doing some big things one day uh and, and i would be remiss if we didn't talk more about our boy Clifton uh, with, with, with his gig. Uh, you know, what, what did you think? what did you think when you heard the news today? I was, I mean, I was super happy. I mean, again, we got to connect with Cliff at convention and again, that was like, I, with anyone that like, we, I feel like I've said this story a million times, but another person that we'd never met in person before. And as soon as you see him, you're like, yeah, we're best friends. You know, like yeah. we're just going to be best friends. And he was um, so cool in Chicago too. Yeah, no, he's awesome. And so I think, like just, I mean, I've heard his podcast with Gary Kinnean. I've heard his podcast in the six yard box and just, he has an incredible story. And so that a person like him is getting an opportunity like this. It's so earned. Like, I, I don't want to say it's like deserve sounds bad because he's had to earn this. And I think the, the things that he's done to get to this point is just awesome. He's a, he's a good guy. And I, I the yeah. team at UNC Ashford is going to like really benefit from, having him around, I think he's going to do some incredible things. Yeah, and I, talk- also, I, I also, I, I'm, I'm interested to see if his Twitter app is going to change. I don't think it is. I, th- I, I think he's going to stick with it. No, it's I, I made my vote for it. So, okay, good. I mean, that's why I tagged you in it. I knew I would have some support. And also, you know, when we were, we were discussing, uh, when I, I sent the message that he had gotten a job, you brought up a very interesting point <laughs> and I mentioned it to cliff and, uh, well, let me phrase that Clifton. Um, and he couldn't disagree with it. And I think it just needs to be said that if you are wanting to get like that big job or you're wanting a promotion or, or whatever, you need to come on our show because Nick has a really awesome statistic that I think we need to try to figure out. I mean, like if you come on the show within a year, you're going to be getting a new awesome job that you really want. <laughs> we we have no clue how that's happening, but it is happening. It's I mean, not it's not always the case where correlation and causation match up, but I think this is one of those cases where correlation and causation are pretty pretty on point. I told him it's not because of Gary. It's because of us. <laughs> no, no, uh, Gary. <laughs> if he ever listens to this, 
we're, we're taking more credit for Clifton's uh, his trajectory into this new awesome role than you are, even though we love you. <laughs> even though you had everything to do with it, we did not. <laughs> we did it all from being on the show. So, uh, yeah, coaches, you want to get a you want to get a big time job? You want to get a bigger job? Come on the show and and then wait a year. and what's like i was also telling cliff i was like yeah you know you know you guys come on the show and then like a year later everybody's doing something big time and nick and i are still doing the same thing (laughs) we're not the talent we're the we're the we're the avenue to the talent we are officially like just podcast guys Our, our coaching days are done we're just podcast guys and we just have to come to accept that yeah and we're okay with that (laughs) <laughs> well as as we get ready to get out of here um you know next season's getting started my my boys club season starting uh let's see quinn soccer starting up uh actually has practice uh had practice last night first practice and then for the spring and has a has a scrimmage this weekend um and then i don't know how many other coaches who are listening to this um are going to be there but i'm going to be at the crossroads showcase uh in indianapolis uh, I think I'm going to get up Thursday night. If not, I'll be up there super, super early Friday because uh, my team plays uh, uh, before or like late uh, morning. Um, so if you're listening to this and you are you are up uh, in Indianapolis next weekend for the Crossroads Showcase, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Like I, I want to I want to meet up with uh, with some of the soccer chatters. I know a lot of the college coaches who are going to be there. There's some former soccer chat alum on there. Uh, I know that there's some uh, soccer chatters from the the Wednesday night Twitter chats uh, that's going to be attending. And so if you're coaching a club team and you're a soccer chatter, uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, so that way I can come uh, and, and meet up with you at, at the games uh, and, and chat. I'm not going to be like Nick and demand Reese's pieces. If you're going to meet me at a, at a showcase, I, I'm the provider of the Reese's pieces. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah, that's right. Because you have like the backpack sized bag of Reese's pieces. Correct. <laughs> and speaking of Twitter, you can join the conversation every single Wednesday night at 9 30 PM Eastern time. All you gotta do is get into your search bar, type in the pound sign and soccer chat. Make sure to click latest and follow along in the Q1A1 format. Uh, it's just getting bigger and bigger every single week. And we love what you guys are doing with it and some of the uh the content that you're sharing with us uh the, and the questions that you're giving us as well. If you want to join us, that's Nick and I in the conversation on Twitter. Nick, how can people get a hold of you? at coach and Rizzo. What about you, brother? And mine is at coach Soderling. Again, we want to bi- give a big thanks. Why do I keep replacing G with B? We want to give a big thanks to the folks at social media for high school athletes, because of them you're getting the show every single week for free social student athletes.com and HS social media on all social media platforms. Big shout out to the Dutig brand. We are Dutig brand FC members. So make sure to use the promo code soccer chat i almost said duty because that's not what the, the promo code is it's our own show it's our own promo code i gotta remember it it's soccer chat use soccer chat to get yourself a discount when going to dutickbrand.com and also our friends at team torex you know what it is the best ball pump of all time go get yourself a team torex ball pump give them a nice little rating on amazon tell them the soccer chat guys sent you we love them we love them we love them and if you've never seen one go on our facebook page that's right Go on to the Soccer Chat Facebook page. Watch the live show we did with the Puppionis from Chicago. And we unbox a Torx and show you how it works. And you will go, wow. We guarantee you're going to love it. Oh, no, that's a jewelry line. We don't, we're not going to use that. Uh, open up a Torx. Use it. And you're not going to be upset. 
There we go. That's it. <laughs> all right. Enough of the cheesiness. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And the best part about all this is that we get to do it again next week. Nick, we'll catch you later. Catch you later, brother. You're like, thank God that's over with. No, no. That was awesome. <laughs>